Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. pick up in the verse in the first chapter of Joshua we can see uh, a little bit more about Joshua and what God is giving him to uh, is, is promising him to, to uh, in, in a form of encouragement uh, if we turn to Joshua the first chapter it says uh, God gave him three promises and then he gives him three instructions so in verse 1 it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set foot. That's the first promise. I will give you every place where you set foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will be extended from the desert to Lebanon. And from the great river, the Euphrates, to all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Second, uh, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. That's the second one, the second promise. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And lastly, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. So here we see God gave him three promises. He says, I will give you every place where you set foot. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. Those three promises that God gave him, that will get, that, that's enough to give him promise, that give him confidence. So right away we see that the God's, God's promises is encouraging enough to give Joshua courage to, uh, for his journey. He gives him three specific instructions. That's all he has to do, and these promises are his. He says, be strong and very courageous. He says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn, it, do not turn from it, right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And last but not least, keep this book of the law always on your lips. I'm pretty sure you heard this verse before. Keep the, law, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do whatever is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. Uh, that's enough to um, be uh, encouraged. Wherever you go, if God gives you promises, he tells you to do something, no matter how difficult it may seem, if, if it's something that God promised you to do, it, it's, it's enough to, to make you um, confident in his promise. Another way that I see encouragement um, is, through leader, leader, through, is through leadership. Now, we all been, 
we all seen like the leaders, some of the best leaders that you come across are those that gives you confidence in their abilities, especially you know, when it comes to ministry. Um, and uh, I was searching through, for example, of someone who, um, who exhibited that leadership when it comes to like leading people. And I don't know about you, but looking back on my time in the church, those leaders who you know hear from God, they have something, it's something about them that gives you confidence that it makes you not even want to do anything around them because you know that they hear from God. You ever heard had those preachers who deliver a message and you think that they're talking about you? Or that person who's prophesying something in your life and you're like, wow, like she, he or she is straight on, on point, is right on target. Or somebody who pray for you and you didn't tell them any specifics and they pray on exactly what you need prayer for, it's kind of like you know that they're hearing from God. It gives you confidence in them. And as I was searching through the Bible, I found a story about how Moses, he was leading, the, he, uh, he and Joshua was together, he told, and the Amalekites began to attack them. And Moses said, Joshua, you lead them with your sword. I'm going to go to the, to, the, to the top. I'm going to have a staff in my hand. And I'm going to lead the efforts from there, from up there. So as the story goes, Joshua went off to war. Moses is up there with his staff. And every time he lifted his staff, Joshua was winning. Joshua and his army was winning. But every time he lowered his hand, they began to lose. And so after a while, Moses' arms began to grow weary and tired. And so two others uh, that saw Moses, they saw that something was happening with the, the war in regards to Moses lifting his, his staff. They came and they put, positioned two rocks underneath him to keep his arms up. And because of that, because he can, they saw that he was hearing from God, they helped him, and by raising his staff, Joshua was able to overcome Amalekites with his, his sword. And that's a, a perfect example of how somebody who you know is hearing from God can lead us and give us confidence in their abilities. Um, this also gives us the opportunity to, to reflect on our own leadership. There's um, our own leadership. There's to lead. It could be tiring sometimes. And so we need somebody to come and step up. If you're, if you're and step up and help us. If your gifting is encouragement, come and encourage us. Come and encourage them, like Hugh, and, and, and let them know um, that you're there for him. If, you're, if your gifting is service, provide, uh, serve. Step up and, and, and do what so many of us are already doing and just serve them. And um, last but not least, you can always pray for the leaders. Because sometimes, like Moses, this is arms. Um, leadership can, can grow weary, but it gives them, it frees up um, our leader to be able to, to lead with confidence and um, not grow tired. And last, last, but not least, last but not least, encouragement, it breeds confidence. Encouragement breeds confidence. 
When somebody, um, when somebody is encouraging us, no matter what storm we're in, it's uplifting, it's encouraging. And so uh, I was just thinking about a, um, a reference in the Bible to where the disciples was in a boat with Jesus, and Jesus was down, was in the, in the bottom of the boat, and he was asleep. And the storm began to, to, to rock the boat, and the waves began to grow um, bigger, and the disciples were worried, like, how can he be asleep? Like, he needs to come and save us. So they, re- re- they reached out to Jesus, they saved Jesus, and they described the, the, the chaotic situation. And what did Jesus do? In the midst of their chaos, he told the waters to cease. And this not only shows Jesus' Jesus ability and, and power over nature, but also shows that he can bring a calm in our chaos. And it's the same thing is true, like if you're ever going through something, who do you turn to? The very person that the disciples turn to. In the midst of your storm, turn to God. Tell him about your, your storm, and he will bring a, a he will bring a calm, calmness in the chaotic situation. Um, as believers, uh, we will still go through the same thing that non-believers go through. We will still face wars. We will still face, um, um, there will still be bullying. There will still be um, um, difficulties that we come across. There will still be disease. There will still be um, um, injustices in the nation. There will still be murdering, murders. There will still be various abuses that, but the thing that we have that they don't have is we have a God that can bring us uh, a sense of boldness throughout these situations and confidence knowing that we would get through it. So in, in, when it comes to encouragement, if you are an encourager, know that you can find more encouragement through God's promises. Um, you can find encouragement through leadership. And last but not least, you can find the encouragement that you give, it breeds confidence. And we go back to Romans and we look at the different gifts. That was encouraging, encouragement. We also have teachers. Are there anybody here that identifies with a teaching gift? Is anybody here that identifies with a teaching gift? All right. I take it that by the nods, that's, uh, that says yes. So teachers, uh, they have the ability to um, effectively communicate, especially when it comes to biblical truths. And they, wanted, uh, to, um, to, they, want to in, have, they want to share this gift. Um, they, have a, they have a passion to share this gift and to share with, um, their, uh, with their knowledge. They, they have a passion to share this gift and share their knowledge with others. This, um, and the difficulty in this gift is that when you share in biblical truths, they're dense, they're pithy. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of substance to them. They're not like some of the books today. Uh, this one, uh, John Newton once said that they're, he, he was trying to describe the type, the type of books that are out there. He said that they're penny books. You have to take in so quantity of them for them to be worth any value. Well, biblical, the Bible is so, has so much more substance than that and so you can study a section um, one time and then you come back to it many years later, months or days later, and come back to it and you have a totally different meaning. So 
the Bible has a lot more substance. So that's a, a burden that teachers have is trying to explain biblical truths in the state that they're in at the time. Those that possess the teaching gift, they have the ability to break down complex concepts. And they can explain it in ways that no matter what, how old their listeners are, whether it's in student ministry or to adults, they, they have an ability to, to break down complex sub- concepts. Um, they have a, I identify with the teaching gift, and we have a strong desire to, to, uh, to help others understand God's word. And what I like to do is not only help you understand the word, but to apply it to your life. And last but not least, people who identify with the teaching gift, they see, they, they have it, they, they exhibit it in many different settings. So you can, you can exhibit it in give, delivering messages. If you lead a Bible study group, you can lead a Bible study group. Or if you're in children's ministry, just, those are all different ways that you can see that gift lived out in the church. So first point about teachers is that teachers are students first. Teachers are students first. Um, the, the best students are those that, the best teachers are those that were once students. And um, um, I remember um, being a coach, um, coaching um, some young, um, a football team, Pop Warner, youngers, uh, younger students, middle, middle age groups. And it wasn't until I began to start coaching them that I realized how to be a better football player. And the same thing is true with teaching. By being a student first and then becoming a teacher, it helps you to realize how to become a better student. And a perfect illustration of this is the, um, the character Apollos in the Bible. You ever heard of the character Apollos? Apollos, in the book of Acts, it talked about how it, it describes him as a learned man. So he, he was very intellectual, he was very um, articulate, and he began to share his, well, his knowledge about the faith. And the Bible speaks highly about him and how educated he was, but then there was a point where a couple pulled him to the side, and they, had, they saw that there was a limitation in his knowledge, and they began to teach him more appropriately about Jesus' way. And so that, I think that was a perfect illustration of how somebody who can be such a good, eloquent speaker could still have a limitation and still become a student in order to improve upon themselves. Nowadays, you probably won't even know that, you probably won't even see that. People who are great speakers, you probably won't see the, the student side of, to them. But there's a lot behind the scenes that you won't, that you probably won't see. But students, they're, they're diligent in the studying the word. There's so much that goes into studying and preparing just for a, sim- a simple message. For the children's ministry, there's a lot of work that goes into that because you have to not only ex- explain it, you have, to, you, have, you have to learn it in a way that you can understand it and then turn around and explain it into terms that they can understand. There's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. And then the humility and ability to receive feedback. So every single time that I deliver a message, I receive feedback afterwards. Somebody, um, especially Hugh, our leader, he comes to me and tells me what I can improve on. And to become a, a, a great teacher, if this is the gift that you identify with, being able to receive feedback and, and add on to your ability is crucial. And last but not least, you have to live a life where you can hear from God. You cannot deliver something that is from, 
from, from some, a standpoint that you want to do, to deliver a message and to make it be effective and reach somebody, it has to be directly from God. And there is a battle that you always face where you have to discern whether or not it's you or it's being delivered from him. It's a constant battle. And there's things, like I said, there's things that are behind the scenes that you just don't see. And that's the thing about a teaching gift. As I go to the second point, teaching is visible, yet it involves a lot of invisible responsibilities. A lot of invisible responsibilities. As you know, teaching is a, is a highly noticeable because they're always up front. Teachers are always up front, and they're always delivering. But then, um, I don't want to complain about the gift, but there's a lot, there's a heavy burden on those that teach. Um, the Bible says something along the sense, extent, extent that those that are in, um, that, are, that are lead, they would be judged with, uh, at a greater, to a greater extent. Um, it's, but it says something to the extent of, um, as you, as you're, if you're a teacher and you're leading, you will have a greater burden put, uh, placed on you. And um, you have to sacrifice some of your weekends to prepare. You have to sacrifice some of the time that you have to, um, with family or friends to help prepare. And keep in mind, this is something that Hugh does on a constant basis every single week. He has to prepare for us every single week. So he has to devote time away. That's what we don't see on a week-to-week basis. And uh, you have to make sure that what you're delivering is engaging. Um, you have to make sure that it's engaging, that, that people are um, not going to sleep on you. You have to continue to sharpen your skills, and uh, once again, you'll be judged more harshly. Um, I remember this one, uh, you'll be judged more harshly. I remember this one um, situation where, uh, I remember this experience where I had the opportunity to speak to uh, a couple thousand people. And I did it three times in one weekend. And keep in mind, I'm talking about the burden that a, a teacher faces. I was not prepared for that. There's a lot that comes with teaching. And afterwards, the, I, was, I felt inundated with the amount of, of, of attention and the, the, the compliments and all the, 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 the words that people would say it after, and I wasn't prepared for it. And I felt like it was intrusive. I felt like overwhelmed. And then it really hit me when many weeks later, I was in Best Buy, and I was watching a, a sports game. I think it was either football or basketball. And a person came up to me, a guy, and we started watching the game together. And we started talking like guys normally do, just talking about the game. And then sometime in the conversation, he said, by the way, that was a good presentation you had the other day. I was like, I never met this man in my life. But yet that's a burden that you as a teacher, you will face. You may be speaking to people that you may not have never met and you'll be walking out in the world and that person could be right there. And this, unfortunately, has caused a lot of teachers to fail. We've seen it. We've seen a lot of pastors. We've seen the stories about preachers and church leaders who are falling left and right. And um, this 
is something is just something that, that comes with the territory. And um, and uh, those are the people that we have to pray for. And uh, there's a saying that um, for those who are interested in, in being a teacher, uh, I just want to open your eyes to some of the, the things that are invisible. And somebody, I, I read, I was in the elevator a couple of weeks ago, and I saw a saying that, I said, this is so true. It said that these are wise words for teachers. It says, a character is much easier kept than recovered. A character is much easier kept than recovered. Um, there, will be, there will be things that come at you a mile a, a mile a minute if you're a teacher. And because you're up in the front, um, if you succumb to those things, um, it, will, it, it could be very detrimental to your character. So it's better to, to keep it, to hold on to it, than try to recover it. And th- the last point I have about teachers is something that we all can relate to. You teach how you live. There's a, uh, if you look at the more worldly saying, it says more is caught than taught. You teach how you live. Um, I, there's, a, um, there's a saying that um, you cannot not communicate. You cannot not communicate, which means you're always communicating, right? Well, you cannot not teach. You're constantly teaching, especially if you have someone younger in your life. You're constantly telling them what you, what you will allow and what you will not allow. You're telling them what you will tolerate and what you won't tolerate from them. You're teaching them this is how you live and, and this is how you not live. You're constantly teaching them. And something that we want to import, impart into our own kids is worship. We're constantly telling them, we, con- we want them to be here in our uh, worship team. We want them to be here and worship with us and then we dismiss them. I grew up in a church where we dismissed the kids before worship, but this is so crucial. We, to, uh, we want to make sure that, they, that they're a part of our worship. Uh, and I was just thinking about when it comes to worship, um, when I was old enough to stay in the service, I, I, I watched my, my parents in church. And my dad, he was, he was kind of like, he was kind of calm. He kept to himself, and he would rub his hands during worship. And that was his, that was his form of worship. And sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll close his eyes, he'll be praying, or you'll see a tear very rarely. My mom, she was the complete opposite. She, would, she was the person that would, um, that would sing fast songs, she'll clap her hands, she, her body, you couldn't, couldn't, she, she couldn't control it. And you always know what, that she's going to do this. It's like, a, it's like you just know. If you did, we used to play these charades where you, you pretend like you're somebody in the church and everybody got our own spot right. And um, there's a, a testimony service we used to have. I grew up in a church where you had testimony service. And sometimes people would sing songs. And no matter how mellow the, 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 the vibe is in, the, audience, in the, the service, you can always count on my mom to change that, to, to, to speed up that. And so it's kind of like, a, if I just envision her, she seems like she's like a, um, like a jump roper, just waiting for her opportunity to jump up there. And as soon as the mic is free, she'll grab her, she'll grab the, the mic and she'll sing a real fast song. One song she's always singing is, um, uh, what's the song? She said, 
I wanna, I wanna live so God can use me anywhere, anytime. Yes, I wanna live so God can use me anywhere, anytime. And no matter how calm the, 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 the it is beforehand, she would. So you can always count on her to just uplift the, the, the crowd and sing it. And what I've, what I've learned from this, it's from my mom and my dad, is that people have different ways to worship. They taught me there's different ways to worship. And I found my way in between those two. And that's what we're teaching our kids. When, they, when they're here worshiping with us, we're indirectly teaching them how to worship. So it's not just us. It's those that are watching us, too. You cannot not teach. Um, There's Ephesians. uh, I'll close it from here. Um, People lead the way that they lead. People teach the way that they've been instructed. And people parent how they've been parented. People worship based on what they see. So teachers are first students. Teacher, teaching is visible, yet it involves a lot of invisible responsibilities, and we teach how we live. I would just say this. Uh, being an encourager in closing, being an encourager and being a, uh, a teacher, uh, they're, like I said earlier, they're very visible, and there's a lot of social rewards tied to that. But... I encourage you that if these just so happen not to be your gifts, if your gift is serving or giving or something like that, always be ready to do it when the opportunity arises. Uh, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. I enjoy watching the playoffs. And there was this one specific game where somebody who's on a third string, that means they don't start, they're not next up in line to go into the game, they're on the last, they get the last opportunity in the last minutes when the game is already in control. That's the only time that they receive. Well, this specific game, this person who's on the third string, he was ready for his opportunity. And he scored the most points that game. And afterwards, the, 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 the person who asked him the questions at the end asked him to describe the performance. And he responded in such a way, I said, yes, that's it. He said, I prepare for this moment. I know what I can do. So when the moment arrives, I just did what I know that I can do. And I said, that's a great message for us all. It doesn't matter if our gift, if, what our gift is. Work on that gift so that in that moment where we as a church need you, you can step up and win it for us all. So that's what I want to pray for you all. Would you all stand up with me? As we go back to those scriptures and we identify all those, those giftings, we see, we see prophecy, we see serving, we see teaching, we see encouragement, we see giving, and we see mercy. So my prayer is that whatever you see those, whatever, God give, whatever gift God has given you, that you hold on to it. 
that you, you work on it and that when a moment an opportunity comes, you step into that gifting. I would just pray this into our lives. Father God, we thank you for each and every person that can hear my voice. I pray that whatever gifting that you give them, that they work on it diligently. I pray that they do it for, to serve you, to build up this church, and that it be edifying to those who receive it. Uh, I thank you for the, the, the unity that we have with our gifts. And I pray that nobody looks to the other gift, to the left or to the right, and think about those gifts, but they think and hold on to the gift that you gave them, that they fertilize it and that it grows, and that it be, be um, a spring up and be a glory and, and glorifies you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So that's it. Um, uh, we just thank you all for coming um, and for worshiping with us. And we invite you to, um, to connect this week. Uh, find out from the leaders when the connect group is um, and build that community even outside of the, the Sunday service. And uh, last but not least, you can continue to build that downstairs. We have snacks and we have treats and we invite you to join us. All right. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 